There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into NFL Friday. Of course, this is WFUV's NFL podcast here wherever you get your podcast. I'm Bridge Gotham, joined alongside Lauren Mondarulli and Merrick Rhodes here. And guys, an exciting time here at Fordham. We have family weekend, Halloween weekend, Halloween weekend as they call it. Uh, end of October, that means week eight of the NFL season is coming up, and we have a lot to talk about. First, how you guys doing? I'm doing great. It was a good week. I'm glad midterms are finally over, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to talk some football. We have a really exciting week coming up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you said week eight. I mean, it's it's flying by. I can't believe it's already week eight already. I mean, we're getting to that point of the year where I'm starting to just sl- feel the opposite side of things, and it's just slow down, slow down. I, I, I need less football all the time. I need, I need to save this. Whereas in the beginning, it's just give me it all. But now, now it's slow it down a little bit. Let's slow it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think we still have more football ahead of us than behind us. But, right, you know, that it, it, it catches up to you at a certain point. And, you know, all summer we're like, can't wait for football, can't wait for football, can't wait for football. And all of a sudden, uh, you're like, where did all that football go? Um, but, guys, to start week eight, we had a great, I'll call it a great Thursday night game. Uh, and the Bills were hosting the Bucks, and it was an interesting game for both teams. The Bills, obviously have struggled a little bit this season, coming off a tough loss to New England Patriots. And they managed to get the W last night. They won uh, by a score of 24-18. to 18. I was, before going into this game, I saw this as a get-right game for the Bills, but the Bucks made it awfully close at the end. But the Bills did get the win. They improved to 5-3. and three, And the Buccaneers, I think, we now realize are a very mediocre, uh, below-average team. Uh, what did you guys, what are your main takeaways uh, from last night's game? This was just an absolute must-win for the Bills, and I'm glad they noticed that and acted upon that. Josh Allen threw two touchdowns, and he rushed one. He had a 324 passing yards, which is just incredible. And Shakir caught six passes, his career high, making up 92 yards. And on second quarter, right, Allen's shoulder scare, the same one he injured earlier, mm-hmm. that was a little frightening, especially throwing an interception right after getting back in the game. But then, you know, like four minutes or something later, he threw a touchdown. So you knew like he was back and back in the game for good. And then the Bucks defense played well covering digs. But the Bills had Bills offense had other receivers, which usually they don't. But I'm glad that they were able to step up their game and win this one. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you touched on was the must win aspect of the Bills for this game. Because the Bills like Bills really haven't looked amazing this year. I mean, I mean, they have in-division losses to the Jets, obviously, in that week one Rodgers injury game where Josh Allen threw three picks. And they also beat the Patriots, or lost to the Patriots last week. They were 1-5 and five at the time going into the game, and now they're 2-5. and five. They also have a loss to Jacksonville. It doesn't look as bad now, but at the time they were 2-2, two and, two and, and 
the Bills defense couldn't stop anybody. I mean, there are definitely some question marks with this Bills team, but I think if they're anything like they looked in the first half of this game where they were just kind of moving the ball up and down at will, and I think... The biggest thing, like you mentioned as well, is is that there were a lot of opportunities outside of Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen this week, which kind of makes me wish that they scored a little more and, and this was more of a, a blowout here. But, I mean, the Bucks are one of those NFC South teams where, like you said, they're mediocre and they're all just kind of fight for the division that, that these games matter. They're, they're all kind of scrappy teams. They're all kind of nothing nothing that really wows you too much, like the Falcons, the Bucks, the Saints. Obviously, the Panthers are kind of out of that conversation, but but those teams just kind of show up and and they'll give you they'll give you a, a run. But but to, the Bills were just too good the other night. I mean, you'd like to see them play a little bit more like they did in the first half, where they were kind of controlling the controlling the game and uh, a nice bounce back win, especially with what's been going on this year for the Bills. Yeah, I think the Bills got a little too comfortable in the second half, and the Buccaneers. I mean. It came down to the last play, a really good Hail Mary pass from Baker Mayfield. And if Chris Godwin had turned around and knew where the ball was, uh, the outcome of this game could have been very different. So it was right there for the taking for the Buccaneers. I think the Bills got a little too comfortable. But to your point, Merrick, the Bills offense was moving the ball real well in the first half and you know through the beginning of the second half, beginning of the third quarter. right? We see what they're capable of. They're a very, very good team. Um, and I think that they've this is kind of turning a corner for them. I mean, Buffalo, they're up to 5-3. and three obviously competing with Miami for this division, and they took care of Miami earlier this season, so clearly they can beat them. They'll play them again later this season. They have a big game coming up after their bye uh, against, uh, or not even after their bye. Is it after their bye? No, not after their bye. Mini bye. That's what I had written down here, right, because they played on Thursday. So they'll have a little bit of a 10-day rest period, and they go at Cincinnati. And I think this is a big game, right? You think about possible AFC playoff matchups. I know before the season we were definitely thinking Bills and Bengals. Now these are two teams that kind of underperforming a little bit this season. So it's going to be, I think, a must win for both teams. Really looking forward to that one. Now, turning the page to this coming weekend, we get a matchup that we only see once every four years in the regular season, and that is the Jets-Giants battle for New York. you got to love it. And there's a lot of different storylines coming to this game. I think first off, before the season, Giants are coming off a playoff berth, and the Jets have Aaron Rodgers. So you think both teams are going to do real well this season. And so far, the Jets have been, obviously, they lose Aaron Rodgers, and they've been okay. They have a couple of nice wins. Um, they're not as bad as I think people have thought. They have a great defense. The Giants, on the other hand, really got off to a rough start this season. However, the last two weeks, they've looked good in a, a, a loss to Buffalo that they, they really should have won. Uh, and, of course, last week, they did beat the Washington Commanders. So they're only 2-5. and five, But if you're a Giants fan, you look at this game, and you say, if you beat the Jets and you have the Raiders the following weekend, you could be 4-5 and five in two weeks. So I think for both teams a lot to play for here. What are you guys looking at in terms of this matchup? This is a must win for both of these teams. For the Jets, the Bills and Dolphins lost in Week 7. The Jets are third in the AFC East and are not far behind either of those teams. Now with the Bills winning last night, obviously that changes a little, but still they are very close to moving up in that rank. The Jets are also on a two-game winning streak coming off of their bye, so they're well-rested and they're ready to keep this streak going. And like we talked about this every single week. Zach Wilson has been improving greatly. He's cutting down on turnovers. Just to like compare weeks one and two, he had four, and in the last four games, he's only had two. And then obviously, Brees Hall holds their offense together. He's ranked 10th in rushing yards, but the Giants' defense is also improving, so the Jets' offense is going to need to be ready because the Giants held Washington just one touchdown last week, which obviously isn't saying much because the Commanders are not that great of a team themselves, but it's still impressive that they only held the team to one touchdown. And then as for the Giants, they're looking to create their first multi-winning streak of the year. Like, that's huge. Taylor starting again this week. I personally really like Taylor in the starting position. I just think 
the Giants offense settles a lot nicer, especially because they're ranked last in the league, averaging 12 points a game, which is just horrendous. But against the Commanders, Taylor got rid of the ball quickly, which is what is really important. That's what the Giants need coming into this game, considering how electric the Jets' defense is. And like, as I said before, everything's just working with Taylor. The O-line has finally seemed to stabilize and being able to protect Taylor. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the one thing that's really going to come into play big time in this game is the Jets' defense. I mean, they're getting DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner back, and this defense has really come into their own. I mean, obviously last year the defense almost got them to the playoffs and everybody's saying they just need a quarterback. Like last year, I mean, telling me coming into August, if I was to give a prediction for this game, it would probably be a high scoring a high scoring game between, you know, two high powered offenses. But now I'm now I'm looking at it as more of a low scoring defensive matchup. And I mean this Jets defense has really showed what they can do this year. Obviously picking off not just Jalen Hurts two weeks ago three times, but also picking off Josh Allen three times, and in a close loss by three points to the Chiefs as well. I mean, their only real bad losses this year are the Cowboys, which they got blown out, and the Patriots, which that's just kind of how things go with right. Jets and Patriots. Yeah. But, but I mean, they have some really good wins and also a really good loss as well in that schedule, whereas the Giants are kind of feel like spiraling a little bit. I mean, they lost four straight before the game last week against the Commanders, but... I mean, the Commanders aren't nearly on the tier of the Jets' wins against the Bills and the Eagles, and I think that Tyra Taylor has yet to face a defense like this Jets' defense that's going to be coming at him this week, and I think it's going to be a lot for him to handle, and I think he's going to have to rely on Saquon a lot, and I don't know how well Saquon will be able to perform against this defense. Like I've been saying, obviously they have a great front seven, great secondary. I mean, there's really not a lot of holes in this Jets' defense, and I think it's going to be tough for the Giants to overcome that, but I mean, if they want to, they're going to have to get Waller involved, because it's been nice seeing him him come into his own a little bit, obviously a, a bit of a slow start to the year, and then obviously last week, his best game as a Giant to date, he had 98 yards and a touchdown as well, so if the Giants want to win this game, they're going to have to overcome this Jets defense, and for the Jets, I think it's really just let the defense run its course and hope Zach Wilson can just play a clean game, don't turn the ball over, let, let your playmakers around you lift you up, you know, and I think that if the Jets want to win, they're going to have to get a lot of pressure on Tyrod, make him, make him make some mistakes, especially with how good their secondary is. They could easily get a couple turnovers. I mean, I think I think it's in the Jets' favor, but I, I don't think it's by a long stretch of by any means. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point you bring up about Taylor. You know, our producer, Chris Persian, was just in my ear talking about Giants fans are saying so many great things about Tyrod Taylor, but he put up 14 points, right? Everyone's saying the offense is clicking, but at the same time, it's 14 points really a lot. It's not. Um, so I'd say the, I'd say my perspective on this as someone who's you know been watching the Giants real closely, Taylor has made different types of plays compared to Daniel Jones. Like for example, he's thrown the deep ball very well. Like you get a guy at receiver like Jalen Hyatt involved for the first time, and Taylor's making these throws downfield that you didn't really see in this Daniel Jones offense in the past. So I think for Giant fans that are sort of watching from a more casual perspective, seeing these big gains and these big plays. And being like, oh, he just threw that ball 50 yards and caught it by the side. Like, when you see those types of plays as a fan, you, you you overreact in a really good way. Look, I do think Tyrod Taylor's arguably the best backup quarterback uh, in the NFL. Right? I think he would even start on a, on a couple of teams in the league right now. I think Giants fans are more than happy to see him start. The Jets' defense is very good. You guys all brought up very good points uh, in terms of how they stop the run, stop the pass. They have great corners, although I don't know if Sauce and DJ Reed are going to be playing this weekend. I saw they're, they're confirmed healthy this okay, week. Okay, they are confirmed healthy because I, I keep Out checking the injury protocol. report. Yeah, so they, they'll they have them back, but, you know, forget the Jets have been just fine, you know, the past couple weeks. So they're going to be okay. 
I think, like you said, Merrick, the run game is going to be key here for the Giants. But with the way that their offensive line is right now, are they going to be able to get the blocks in that they need to open up those holes and get Saquon Barkley out there in space? At the same time, how can you open up the passing game when you have some of the best corners and best safeties in the league over the top? So it's going to be a very tough battle for the Giants offense. Now, the way I see the Giants winning this game, funny enough, it's the same way you see the Jets winning the game, which is through their defense. The Giants defense has been incredible this season. We just talked about Thursday Night Football and how great the Bills offense is. Well, the Giants defense did a heck of a job a couple weeks ago at stopping that Bills offense and nearly won them the game. So I think the Jets offense is obviously significantly worse than the Bills offense. And of course, you know, you can't do apples to apples and how you compare games. But I do think that the Giants defense matches up incredibly well. Uh, you get a guy like Deontay Banks playing uh, outside corner. He's shaping up to be one, you know, one of the best players uh, on this Giants team. I think he's going to do a great job in, in probably covering a guy like Garrett Wilson. So I think that the Giants defense will have to make Zach Wilson very uncomfortable, right? That aggressive pass rush that they're known for. Get Leonard Williams, uh, get Dexter Lawrence involved. And how about Kayvon Thibodeau, who's putting together a very nice season, did drop an interception last uh, last week. But I think if the Giants defense can really put together a great game, I think it's going to be a low scoring. And it's sort of going to be, to your point, like, can Zach Wilson make a play? It's kind of like, can the Giants offense make one or two more plays than the Jets defense? And it's going to be like a 13 to 10 type of finish. I think the Giants are going to win as well. Um, just like looking at their schedule, this is a light few weeks. They won last week, which is important. They play the Jets this week and then Raiders next week. These are three must wins because then they go on to play the Cowboys in Dallas. And that's, as we saw in week one, that was not good. Yeah. So obviously you want to go into that four and five. And then uh, the Jets are going to put up a good fight. I think it's also going to be a low scoring game. I don't know if the Giants are going to score 13. I'm going to give them 10-7. Ooh, even more low scoring. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a consensus we've reached is that this is going to be a low scoring game, and I think I think it's really just going to come down to which defense shows up more than the other defense because I think offensively these teams are kind of in the same spot where they both are with rolling with a guy who they have faith in, obviously at the quarterback position, but it isn't their number one option. So that in turn means you're going to rely on the defense. I just think the Jets defense has been better than the Giants defense this year, so I. I think the Jets are going to win this. I think it'll. I think it could be somewhere around a 17-14, 17-10 game. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think there's going to, in the end, you could look back at probably one defensive moment, regardless of the outcome, whoever ends up winning. And I think you could point to that one defensive play probably, or or in a close game, and see that as the play that won the game. And I think that's basically how this game is going to go this weekend. I think it's going to be low scoring, and whatever defense outperforms the other will win the game. Yeah, I'd say my last point before we move on to our game picks is, you know, we talk about offense, we talk about defense. How about special teams? I think that's very important. You know, the Jets won their first game against the Bills off a punt return touchdown. So I do think keep an eye out for special teams, whether it be something as basic as hitting a long field goal or something as complex as a kickoff or punt return touchdown or recovering, you know, a muffed punt, some sort of weird swing play on a special teams play. I think that might just swing uh, the outcome of the game this Sunday. So keep an eye out for that. We are going to move on to our game picks. We're going to be making picks for all games this weekend against the spread. And we're going to be going in order here, starting with the 1 o'clock game. And Merrick, your Philadelphia Eagles going to Landover, Maryland to take on the Washington Commanders. The Eagles are seven-point favorites. I'll start with you. Let's make your pick. You know, I've been back and forth on this one a lot. And I think I think you ask me who's going to win the game and who I'm picking with the spread, I think they're different answers because I think the Eagles are going to win this game. 
but I, I would take Commanders with the plus seven. I think I think it's a big line for for division rivals, especially with how their first meeting this year went. Obviously, going to overtime, the Commanders honestly gave the Eagles one of the best. Obviously, the Jets beat them, but the Commanders gave them probably their best run for their money they've had this season, other than the loss. And and they've just kind of always had this mini rivalry going on between the Commanders and the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles going back to 2020 with the whole taking. Jalen Hurts out of the game. Yeah, don't remind me of that. And then <laughs> last year, at last year, obviously the Commanders were the team that ended up ending the Eagles' undefeated season. So these two teams always kind of play each other competitively. So I think I think the Commanders plus seven is the play, but I think the Eagles will win. I also have the Eagles winning. The Commanders' O line is just struggling to protect Howell these past few weeks, and the Eagles' defense is crazy. So they're just going to be all over him. And then the Eagles' offense is on track too. And then the Commanders' defense will have trouble keeping up with them. I think it's just going to be an easy Eagles win. Yeah, I have the Eagles. I'm actually going to take the minus seven, which I know very big line for a divisional matchup. But look, I just watched the Giants beat Washington, and I just say, all right, well, if the Giants can beat them by seven, I'm sure the Philadelphia Eagles, especially the way they played against the Commanders earlier this season, will want to come out a lot better than they did. I'm going to take it, lock it in, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles minus seven over the Washington Commanders. That's game one. All right, game two of our one o'clock slate here. This is actually an interesting one. We have the Jags heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Jaguars are road favorites, and the line is minus 2.5. This is my lock. I have the Jaguars as a minus 2.5 lock. I think the Jags are really hot right now. They're coming off four straight wins, while the Steelers have had an up-and-down season, obviously. They, they've they've had some really good wins this year. They're, they have, they're riding high off wins against the Ravens and the Rams, and they've shown that they can compete, and I think that... I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but it's a tight line, and I think the Jags just are the better team in this matchup, and I think they're really hot, and they're playing some good football. They got some playmakers on, on offense, and I think they got the better quarterback in this matchup, so give me Jags minus 2.5. Just like you said, Merrick, I think it's going to be Jaguars' close score. And Just looking at both offenses, the Jags have been on fire, winning the past four, and the Steelers have only looked professional the last couple games. The Jaguars have been a better offense. Even with Pittsburgh defense being good, the offense won't be able to keep them in the game. So I'm actually going to take the I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to say that this is a trap game for the Jaguars going at Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh could be 0 16, and this would be still one of the toughest places to play in all football. I'm taking Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Doesn't mean they're going to win, uh, but they you know they could lose by one or two. I just think that they're going to keep it close. This has sort of the makings of a classic uh, AFC North matchup, except of course the Jags aren't in that division. But when I see this matchup, I'm thinking it's just like a Raven Steelers game. You know, two. Pretty good teams. I like the Jaguars better, obviously, at the quarterback position and at a lot of positions, but just something about this game feels like a trap to me. I'm taking the Steelers plus two and a half. Moving along here, got the Patriots, obviously, coming off a big win against the Bills. They're going down to Miami to take on the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites. Give me the Dolphins. It's a big it's a big line, but the Dolphins are coming off a pretty brutal loss in Philly when you consider the grand scheme of things. When you look at the Dolphins' season and the teams they've beaten versus the teams they've lost to, there's one thing that stands out, and it's the teams that they've lost to have a winning record, and the teams that they've beaten do not. So I think that they're going to take full advantage of the Patriots here. I mean, it's a, team they, it's a team they see often. It's a team they know pretty well. Obviously, Patriots riding high off a win against the Bills, but... I think I think the Dolphins are looking at this as a, as a must-win game in division, especially with the loss to the Bills early in the year. You got to win as many division games as you can. So I, I think Dolphins minus nine and a half, even though it is a big spread. I think they could put up a lot of points. I have Dolphins too. The Dolphins have been slowing down recently, but Mac Jones is starting to come to life, and it's just like not enough to beat the Dolphins because they are still a powerhouse team. The score I think is going to be pretty close. When these two played each other earlier this season, the Pats were able to slow the Dolphins. So I think it's going to be a very similar play this time. 
Yeah, for me, I'm going to – so if this game was last week, like if if this was the Patriots before last week, I would have said Dolphins minus 9.5 without a doubt. In fact, the line probably would have been double digits at that point. But after what I saw last week, and again, it's one game, I do think I'm going to take them plus 9.5. I still think the Dolphins can easily win comfortably by a touchdown, for example. But something about this Patriots team, right? Bill Belichick, he is the greatest coach of all time. And while they haven't looked as good in recent years, I just think that getting just that one win reminded him and that whole locker room, oh, you know, this is what we used to do, giving them that extra added fuel to the fire. I think they're going to come. I know it's at Miami. It's going to be a tough game. I do have Miami winning again, but I think the Patriots can cover that 9.5-point spread. It's a big spread. Next we have, well, I love this game, divisional matchup here. We have the Vikings going at the Packers. This will be at Lambeau, another 1 o'clock game, and the Vikings are road favorites. They're minus 1.5. This is another one of my locks. I, I have the Vikings minus one and a half as a lock. I just, I don't really understand it. I mean, I get it. It's, it's in Green Bay, but the Packers just haven't been a super competitive team this year. Obviously, they have a couple wins, but I mean, I think the Vikings are starting to turn the corner this year. I mean, Kirk Cousins is having an unbelievable year, obviously getting a primetime win last week as well against yeah. the 49ers. I mean, that Vikings offense looked good last week, and I, I just don't know that this Packers offense can keep up with that, which is something insane to say looking back at the history of these this rivalry over the past couple of years <laughs> to say that the Vikings passing offense out, completely out, outdoes the, the Packers often passing offense. But I, I have Vikings minus one and a half as a lock. I think they're, they're turning the season around. I'm actually going to go with Packers this game. You know, it's the division game on the road for the Vikings, and they had a short week playing Monday night. So the Packers have had their very obvious struggles, but the Vikings like are not that much better of a team. Yeah, they have Kirk Cousins, but like he has, they have no one else to play with. But I just think the Packers are going to win at home in Lambeau. I'm actually going to go with uh, what Merrick said because I loved what I saw from the Vikings. So I have the Vikings uh, minus one and a half on the road. I think it could be, honestly, a field goal game. It's going to be close. Um, I think I – look, the Vikings didn't start the season very well. They you know rattled off a couple wins, and then they lose Justin Jefferson, right? And I think most people, including myself, said, okay, like, what are they going to be without him? We saw on Monday night that they're going to be just fine without him. Uh, Kirk Cousins finding a number of other weapons to work with. I think just seeing that and seeing how the Packers have struggled as of late, I would take the Vikings on the road. And again, it's a divisional matchup. Those Vikings fans will will travel. And I think that, um, yeah, I'll take the Vikings minus one and a half. All right, next is a game we already talked about. It is Jets-Giants, but I do want to make our picks against the spread. Merrick, go ahead. I got Jets minus three in this one. I have Giants plus three. And I'll take the Giants plus three. We already kind of talked about why. Um, uh, I'm taking them to win, of course, as well. Um, that's going to be the game of the week, I think, for all of us, just especially here in New York so much. You know, it really annoys me that this game happens once every four years. You know, when they added that 17th game, I kind of wish it was like college football, like reserve one game for like a rivalry game, right? You know, Michigan plays Ohio State every week or every year, right? So it's kind of like, can we just do Giants-Jets, like use that 17th game for that? But that's neither here nor there. Let's enjoy this matchup. Giants are technically the home team, so really all that means is that the stadium's going to be blue and Giants season ticket holders will be in their seats. But best believe it's going to feel very 50-50, so very much looking forward to that. Next game on our slate here is Rams at Cowboys, and the Cowboys are six-point favorites at home. I like the Rams plus six. I don't even necessarily know that they're going to win. It's just a bigger line than I would I would like here if, if I'm a Cowboys fan. I just think... I think that Stafford and the Rams' offense have been compl- extremely underrated this year. I think I think the way he's been able to work with Puka Nakua and obviously 
Cooper Cup coming back now, obviously one of, if not the best receiver in the NFL. I think their offense is so high-powered, and I think that this really good Dallas defense is going to have a real test this week. And I think, I don't even necessarily think the Rams will win this game, but I think six is just too big of a spread, so I'll take Rams plus six on the road. I have Cowboys winning. The Rams struggled offensively and defensively in the second half against the Steelers, which, like, you know, we talked about the Steelers are not that good of a team. And the Cowboys have won at home consistently. And they're coming off their bye, so they're going to be rested. And they had a good game against the Chargers last week. So I think everything's just looking good for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, the Rams-Steelers game. You know, that was at the Rams, but very much felt like a home game for the Steelers with, you know, their fans travel extremely well. And that's kind of almost why I picked them earlier, just because of how strong and how great an atmosphere they can create. And so, yes, like you said, Lauren, like seeing uh, seeing the Rams lose to a team like the Steelers at home, definitely not a good look. But I do think I'm going to take them plus six here. Definitely not to win. And I, I could very much see the Cowboys running away with this. But just a feeling in me and just saying, all right, every any given Sunday – like Merrick said, with the different weapons that the Rams have, and Matthew Stafford's always going to be Matthew Stafford. He can throw the football very well. You get Cooper Cup, and of course, Puka Nakua, the emergence of him this season has been fantastic. Sean McVay just had a kid, so I'm sure he's going to be fired up, right? A very exciting time for him and his family. So I just think, in general, the Rams will have a little extra to play for. And, you know, going on the road to Dallas, not easy, not at all. That, that place is going to be packed. Jerry World is always just one of those atmospheres that's impossible to play in. But I do have to say, I think the Rams will, will, will do plus six here. Cowboys are going to win, but I think it'll be close. Next up on our slate here is essentially a pick em here. We have the Saints going at the Colts, and the Saints are road favorites, but it's minus one. So, again, essentially just a pick em. Yeah, I have the Colts plus one. I mean, neither of these teams really wow you, especially with kind of what's been going on. I mean, both of these teams, like I said, have been struggling. Uh I think that Indianapolis has beaten more legitimate teams than the Saints because the Saints have only beaten the Panthers, the Titans, and the Patriots. So there's nothing too impressive in that in that grouping. So I'm going to take the Colts uh, just because, A, they're at home, and, B, I think they have a, a stronger resume than the Saints coming into this one. I have the Saints. You know, Derek Carr is just the better quarterback between these two teams, and he can demolish the Colts' defense. And the Colts just made far too many mistakes against the Browns. Like, that cleanup is going to take a lot of work, and I don't know if they could do that in this short time frame. And then just the Saints' defense is also pretty good. You know, considering Garner Minshew has thrown four interceptions and has been sacked seven times in two games, the Saints have the better odds here. I'm going to take the Saints minus one as well, kind of for those reasons. And just the Colts looked awesome with Anthony Richardson when he was healthy at the beginning of the season. Um looks like one of the best young players in the league obviously losing him to injury makes their offense a lot less explosive do you think their running game still very impressive they have a great they have a great couple of backs uh to work with there and they are at home so I, this could go either way but i'm just i'm feeling a minus one saints gonna somehow pull this one off on the road we have another matchup here that's kind of a dud we have the texans going at the panthers <laughs> can't wait for this one right uh the texans uh, this would be surprising last year to see them as favorites on the road, but they have they have looked good this season. They're minus three and a half on the road at the Panthers. Yeah, I, I have the Texans minus three and a half. I don't think that surprises anyone. My note I have down for this game is the Texans are young and fun are, are a fun young team, while the Panthers are just a young team. There's nothing fun like about that. what's going on I with like the that. Panthers. So so I'm I'm gonna take the Texans minus three and a half. I, I like CJ Stroud. I like what he's doing. I, I the Panthers are whew, they're in a tough spot. Yeah. The Panthers are in a tough spot, but I truly cannot see them going 0-7. So I do have the Panthers winning this week. You know, you need to win at least one game in the season. I think this is it for them. Bryce Young's going to be pretty heavily protected this week. The Texans have a league low of nine sacks, and in three games, their defense did not get one. So Young will not be bombarded this week, and he's going to be able to get some passes down the field. 
I like that take, but I am going to go with the Texans on the road because what Merrick just said, I love that. You should you should trademark that, right? You have the Panthers are just a young team, but the Texans are young and fun. Like we've seen what they're capable of this season. How about a guy Nico Collins that has just looked awesome at the wideout spot, and of course C.J. Stroud. Uh, with Anthony Richardson going out, I think even if Anthony Richardson hadn't gotten hurt, I think C.J. Stroud has separated himself from the rest of the rookie quarterbacks in this draft class. He's looked awesome. I think he's uh, one of the leading candidates for uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, and I think for all those reasons and and how the Texans have already outperformed expectations, I'm going to take a minus 3.5 at the Panthers. And sorry, Panthers fans, you're going to have to wait another week to get that elusive win. All right, the final game of the 1 o'clock slate has the Falcons going at the Titans, and the Falcons are road favorites. They are minus 2.5. I got I got the Falcons minus 2.5 here. I mean, no Tannehill, and the Titans have already begun the sale this year. I mean, sending Kevin Byard to, to my Eagles, which I love. <laughs> and um, I think Atlanta's just the better team. I think Desmond Ritter hasn't really been terrible this year. Obviously, he had the two fumbles on the goal line this last week, but, but he's passed the ball pretty well, all things considered, given that it's essentially an extension of his rookie year. Um, so yeah, I got I got Atlanta minus two and a half, but but the Titans are breaking out those sweet uniforms, so that'll that'll oh, give them an added plus. Those Oilers, that'll, right? that'll give a them an added cool, bonus. I also have the Falcons. You know, the Titans just have not been good. They also may be starting Will Levis this week in his debut, <laughs> and I do think he will be a good player one day. But it takes time to become a winning quarterback, and it's just not going to happen on day one. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to go with the Falcons as well. They've looked okay this season, and I think. Arthur Smith is doing a lot of good things, and obviously Ritter has had some uh, forgettable moments, like you'd hope to forget <laughs> those moments, but I think as time goes on, he is going to get better, and I do see uh, the Falcons winning this game, and they're going to win by at least two and a half points. So that'll do it for our one o'clock slate. Now moving ahead to the afternoon window, some interesting games here, and the first one is the Browns taking on the Seahawks. This one, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, and the Seahawks are favorites at home, minus three and a half. Yeah, you know, I think I think that this could potentially be a game of the week candidate if Deshaun Watson was healthy. I mean, the Browns have two wins with PJ Walker. I just think this the Seahawks defense, obviously the the Legion of Spoon as they're calling them, is <laughs> is going to be too much. It's going to overwhelm PJ Walker. I mean, there's two great defenses going at it in this one. Just one of the offenses happens to just be plagued with injuries. Obviously, with the Browns missing their starting quarterback, and obviously what happened with Chubb a couple weeks ago. I just think that. The Seahawks have more things in their favor in this game in terms of health on offense. So I'll take Seahawks minus three and a half. I also have Seahawks. It's the Browns' second week in a row on the road. So it's going to be obviously overwhelming for P.J. Walker. And the Seahawks are also coming off a win against Arizona where Kenneth Walker had his first 100-yard game of the season. So he's obviously going to try and continue with that effort and that level of play. And the Browns' defense won't be able to keep up with it. And the Seahawks also have a winning record at home, which is really important. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I had the unfortunate privilege of seeing the Seahawks play against the Giants earlier this season, and they handled <laughs> them. The score, I believe, was 27-3. to And, again, like the Giants aren't great, right? But I think when you look at this Browns team, like Merrick said, they're plagued with injuries. And the Seahawks being at home, right, they have one of the best atmospheres in all of football, uh, known for that 12th man, right? So I think the Seahawks will easily win this game. I'll take a minus 3.5. Moving ahead, we have the Chiefs going at the Broncos. Chiefs are minus seven on the road. Minus seven. I feel like there's really no explanation needed here other than the fact <laughs> that the last Broncos quarterback to beat the Chiefs was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, yeah. Yep. So the last quarterback to, to beat the Chiefs was Peyton Manning. Patrick Mahomes wasn't even in the league yet. I mean, Broncos are a bad team. Chiefs are a really good team. I feel like that's all you really need to know about this one. Give me Chiefs minus seven. 
I also have Chiefs. The Chiefs offense just lit up even brighter than usual last week, so it's going to be tough to stop them, especially for a bad Broncos defense. And when these teams, two teams played each other earlier this season, the Broncos defense was able to play well against them, but Mahomes has been on another level lately. And then the Broncos offense is just not going anywhere near the same level the Chiefs are. Wilson has had a tough time. It's a no-brainer that the Chiefs are the better team in this matchup. Yeah, Chiefs minus seven all the way. I mean, ever since their opening night loss to the Lions, they've basically been rolling. They figured everything out. Uh, Travis Kelsey is looking great, and I think you have to talk about the running game, a guy like Pacheco who's been giving them some great production, and Patrick Mahomes will always be Patrick Mahomes, and I'd say even on the road here, uh, the Chiefs should win this one no problem, and I got a minus seven to lock that one in. Now, the next game here, I'd say, you know, looking at this whole slate, this is probably the game of the week. I know I kept saying it was Jets-Giants, but if you're not from New York, I think this came, which is Bengals at 49ers. I think this has to be the game of the week. Now, the Niners are four-point favorites at home. A lot to talk about here. I'm going to go Bengals plus four. I think the Niners are desperate for a win after obviously losing two straight after starting 5-0. and But the thing is, Purdy might not play this week. They might be going with Sam Darnold. It's leaning that they're going to be starting Sam Darnold this week. And the Bengals are starting to find their stride. They've won three out of their last four, while San Francisco, like I mentioned, has lost two out of their last two and, and since starting 5-0. and So I think it's going to be interesting. I think the Bengals just happen to have got the Niners at the right time. I think that the Bengals' offense is starting to come into their own, and I think that they're starting to turn it around. Like I was saying with the Vikings before, obviously not a great start for the Bengals, but I think they're turning it around. And in, in reverse, the Niners are kind of starting to spiral a little bit with, with these two straight losses and now potentially missing Purdy this week. I have actually the Niners winning this week. They're back home, and they're undefeated at home this season. You know, they had the bad two last games, but those were away, and they just don't play as well when they're not home. I do think it's going to be a really close game. The Bengals had their bye, so Burrow rested his calf, which is going to be dangerous for the Niners. But their defense is going to come back to life this week. Yeah, I think for the Bengals, right, they did everything they could to get themselves back into a decent position before their bye, getting up to 3-3. Three and three. And obviously the Niners coming off two tough losses and will likely not have their starting quarterback, Brock Purdy. So you could lean toward the Bengals there. However, I just think the 49ers are too good from top to bottom. I think that they're going to devise a game plan to make Sam Darnold, assuming he's starting, uh, he's their starting quarterback, he's going to act as a game manager. And I guess, you know, Brock Purdy does that to an extent. But they're going to work Christian McCaffrey, and they're going to basically come up with this Kyle Shanahan play playbook that's going to basically hide your weaknesses and show your strengths. And they're going to somehow get it done. I actually have a minus four, too. I just think that San Francisco, they've lost two in a row. I can't see them losing a third game in a row. Now, here's our last game of our late afternoon window. We have the Ravens going at the Cardinals. A less exciting game with the Ravens being nine and a half point favorites on the road here. Yeah, I think I think it's a, I, I've been mentioning it a lot with these big spreads. I mean, I mean, the big spread always scares you a little bit when you're when you're betting on the favorite side. But I just think the Ravens are going to come into town and just wipe the Cardinals. I think Lamar is just actually turning it on to another level right now. And I think after last week. There's really no more questions about if this Ravens team is for real. They actually walked the Lions out of the stadium. I mean, they, they they did whatever they wanted last week offensively, and I think it's going to be more of the same this week in Arizona. Regardless of on the road, I, I got Ravens minus 9.5. Lamar's going to go off again. I also have Ravens. Like you said, Lamar's been going crazy, and the passing game with him is working wonderfully right now. And the Ravens' defense also leads to NFL in points allowed. So the Cardinals are just like, they're going to be struggling hard. And they're also missing key parts like Kyle Murray, who's still questionable for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we always say this. These big spreads are 
you don't know which way to go on them, especially once the game's end. You're like, oh, man, I really picked that. But I do think, look, what the Ravens did to the Lions was just unbelievable. And now they're playing the Cardinals, who are arguably the worst team in football. I think the Ravens will win this one easily. I'll take a minus 9.5 for that reason. We got two more games. We got our Sunday night and then our Monday night game. Sunday night, uh, well, okay, we got the Bears going at the Chargers. Can't wait for this one. Um, the Chargers are minus eight and a half, but you know another large spread. And hey, the Bears have looked okay in recent weeks. Like, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, I just want to first of all ask who was responsible for this game being on Sunday night. I mean, regardless of coming into the season, you had high hopes for the Bears and the Chargers, but I mean, two teams that historically just kind of fall on their face a little bit uh, not to not to offend any fans of the Bears or the Chargers out there but but that's just kind of how, how these franchises go they just kind of end up tripping over their own feet I got the Bears plus eight and a half I think the spread's too big on this one the Bears have won two out of their last three Tyler Badgett won the game last week obviously not all on him more so on Deontay Foreman but but regardless he was he was able to get the win and and their one loss in their last three weeks is a six-point defeat to the Vikings, who we mentioned before are kind of turning into their own. And, I mean, the Chargers, like I said, is a historical team that just kind of shoots themselves in the foot. I mean, both of the Chargers' wins this year have come in one-score games. So so give me Bears plus 8.5 on the road in what is somehow a Sunday night football game. <laughs> I also have Bears. You know, the Chargers have just been so disappointing this season. They have so much talent, yet they're just not showing it. And the Bears had a dominant win last week with outfields. And this is the second week without him, so Chicago knows what's going to work and what's not going to work. Well, I'm shocked because I'm picking the Bears as well, and I did not <laughs> think that we were all going to pick the Bears. Uh, again, I can see the Chargers winning, but I'm going to take the Bears plus 8.5. This game is at the Chargers. Mark my words, there will be a lot of Bears fans in attendance that night, and I just think that the Bears, they're hitting their stride in a way, and I'm not saying they're even a good team, but they're going to keep it close. I think an 8.5-point spread is, is definitely much too big. I'll take them plus 8.5. And finally, to conclude week eight of the NFL season, the Las Vegas Raiders travel up to Detroit to take on the Lions. And the Lions, again, coming off a tough loss to the Ravens. They are still favorites at home. Of course, they're minus eight. Yeah, I have this as another one of my locks. Even though it's a big spread, I got Lions minus eight. I mean, this Lions team is is gritty. They proved that week one when they were able to beat the defending Super Bowl champions. And now they've taken their first legitimate hit of the season. Obviously, they lost to Seattle earlier in the season, but that was that was a competitive game. I mean, this, this was a punch in the face by the Ravens last week. And I think if there's anything I know about Dan Campbell from what I've seen from him through his time on Hard Knocks and just everything I've heard about him, this is the kind of stuff that you get a guy like Dan Campbell to come in for is when you need to motivate the team and get them out of something that seemingly there would be no way out of a blowout loss on the road when you're feeling when you're so high and you're you're high in the NFC you you want to keep that momentum going and you just get absolutely punched in the face. I think Dan Campbell is going to is going to be putting in work this week and I think they're they're going to hand out a blowout of their own to to bounce back. I also have lines. You know, both teams looked very bad last week. Like there's no easy way to put that. And the Raiders are on the road again this week. But Goff has been solid in his passing game this season. And then the Raiders' defense has struggled with their tackling game. So, like, those are just not two good combinations. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, eight points is a lot of points. We forget that, right? I'm taking the Raiders plus eight here. Wow, I know. Uh, I think the Lions will win. I think they could win by a touchdown. But that that doesn't cover the spread. I do think that the Raiders will keep it close. I think, you know, the Lions coming off a tough loss to the Ravens, I think that they will have a lot to play for. But this just seems like the kind of primetime game, low scoring early on, couple of big plays, and I think like it could be Lions, I don't know, 24, Raiders 17, and that and the Raiders the Raiders cover there. So, I think this could go one of many different ways, but that's just going to be it. 
Raiders plus eight. Lock it in. And that'll do it for our picks this week. This has been a lot of fun, guys. Big games coming up this weekend. And that'll, unfortunately, I know I say unfortunately because I wish we could talk football all day. That will do it for today's edition of NFL Friday. Our producer has been Chris Percy. I'm behind the glass. Thank you, Chris. For Merrick Rhodes and Lauren Mondarulli, I'm Burge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend of football. Also, go Fordham against Holy Cross. Let's oh, bring yeah. that Crusader oh, yeah. Cup home. <laughs>